Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by the Reverend Beth Scriven, her last sermon at Holy Communion, on the first Sunday of Lent, February 21st, 2021. I've been thinking a lot lately about memory, about what we choose to remember or forget and how and why. I'm sure that this is partly because I'm preparing to say goodbye to communities and people that I love. And naturally, that always brings with it a certain nostalgia and a taking stock of what I will take with me. But I think it's more than that. I've noticed that as the pandemic stretches on, the isolation breeds forgetfulness. And I don't just mean the distracted, where are my keys kind of forgetfulness, although mine certainly go missing plenty. I mean a deeper kind of forgetting. I mean it gets hard for us to remember big, true things by ourselves. Pandemic has highlighted for me how one of the great gifts of community is the way we remind one another of who we are and what our story is. When we do year-long life discernment groups at Rockwell House, this is where most of the year focuses. We learn other important things along the way, of course, and we certainly spend time with the discernment question each person has brought to the group. But much of the magic happens in becoming companions in the way and becoming able to remind one another, this is who you are. This is what I see in you. This is part of your story. And when the year comes to an end, the students in that group commit to staying available to one another, even as they begin to graduate and move away. I tell them, do not forget that you are and will stay among each other's best discernment resources. So far, they seem, in fact, to be remembering this. I stress this part as we finish the year because I know that we will each sometimes forget as time goes on. And we will each need someone or something to come along and remind us of who we are and what our story is. We are not good at doing this on our own without relationships, without help. Even God, whose very self contains community by the nature of the Trinity, longed enough for relationship beyond that to create the world and having created a human creature said it is not good for the human creature to be alone i will give him a partner to help we are meant to be together to help one another and the pandemic makes that really hard right now In our society, most of us had been accustomed to doing much of this on a fairly large and casual scale. We would run into friends out and about and get bonus conversations and hugs. We would sit in meetings in person and pick up on looks and energy from our coworkers. We would come to church and exchange the peace with a friendly touch. Of course, deep individual relationships were still important, but we're really only just realizing the role these more casual exchanges played now that the pandemic has taken so many of them away 
and in their wake we have lost the support they gave to our sense of who we are and what our story is. It has isolated us. And in missing one another so deeply right now, I'm finding it becomes easy to disconnect and forget important truths. So I am finding it comforting that in this week's readings, God seems to find this remembering to be a challenge as well. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, God says, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And when I see the bow in the clouds, I will remember the covenant I have made with all flesh on earth. The rainbow is there first and foremost to remind God. I think we are so accustomed to the rainbow as a sign of God's promise to us, which it is, that it is easy to forget this piece of its original design. We might miss that it is named this way, not just in English, but also in the original Hebrew. It has this name because it is God's bow, and the purpose of a bow is to be a weapon. I think it was Matt Skinner of Luther Seminary who gets credit for this point, but it's been a little while and I've forgotten. But God has taken this weapon, this bow, and turned that bow away from the earth so that if it were to fire now, the arrow would simply fly up into the heavens. The bow set in the clouds turned away from the earth reminds God, reminds God, that while a fresh start can help, God has promised not to start fresh in quite that way again. It seems to be in God's character to keep finding new ways to pursue justice and mercy, righteousness and peace, new ways to start fresh without destroying all flesh. God is very good at fresh starts and new things. It's kind of God's specialty. And yet something in God still says here, I may need a reminder. I may be tempted to remember only part of the story. And this may be the most surprising detail to me, or at least one that I have missed until very recently, that the part God chooses to remember is what God has committed not to do again. God does not set a reminder of better times or the happy stories when God was satisfied with what God had had done. Those are the reminders I often find myself missing, the this is what the best of you can be like reminders. But that's not what God sets up here. God sets themselves a reminder of precisely the moment God wants to keep turning away from for the rest of time. God does not just say never again, but sets the bow in the cloud as a reminder of what may happen if they get carried away with the rain. God does what Bishop Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs challenged us to do in this diocese during last year's consecration of Bishop Dion. Bishop Jennifer reminded us that the world is crying out for our stories to be whole stories and not just our favorite parts. She challenged us to tell the whole story. God does just that, starting here at the beginning, just nine chapters into the Bible. 
So now every time God sees that the wickedness of humankind is great and is grieved in the divine heart, as I have to believe God must be quite often, God sees also that the bow has been set in the clouds, the bow has been turned around, and because of that, the story does not end with the thing God wants to turn from. It keeps going. Through patriarchs and matriarchs, God continues to make and keep the covenant of love and relationship. Through judges and prophets, God continues to renew the covenant. Through the very word of God becoming flesh and living and working among us, God renews the covenant of love. Again and again, that bow is turned round. Again and again in our lives, we are often invited, urged, tempted, just as Jesus was, to become chained to the way the world is. Mark only gives us a one-sentence version of Jesus' time in the wilderness, but in Matthew and Luke, Jesus' ability to resist Satan there seems to be a matter of resisting the story that Satan spins for him about the world. That the world requires that you feed yourself, protect yourself, secure your own position because you can't help the world if you don't play by the world's rules. But again and again and yet again, Jesus turns that reality around. His resistance to Satan's temptations comes from his ability to remember a different story. To say, yes, nourishment is important, but I will find it from God. Yes, I am God's son, but I don't have to prove it on your terms just because you asked for it. Yes, I love these peoples of this world God has made and loves, but real love is of God and casts out fear. Their redemption is in God and not in the power of this world, Jesus says. Again and again and again in the years since, the world forges weapons and chains and terror. But again and again and again, even in the midst of God's grief, the bow is turned away from the earth. The swords are beaten into plowshares. The chains are broken. And justice and peace are brought together by this love so fierce and unyielding that it can afford to find and meet us where we are. Again and again, we are changed by God's covenant with us. Gradually and then suddenly, we are shaped by justice, by love, by compassion. We are converted from the patterns of this passing world, as my favorite Eucharistic prayer puts it, and freed to become part of how God now loves and liberates our struggling, painful world. As that perfect love keeps casting out our fear, We are freed to tell the whole story. That the rainbow will appear in the clouds again. This storm, too, will pass eventually. This year-long Lent will end, not on the liturgical calendar still, but the promise is good. Easter is coming. While we wait, hold on to this story. Remind one another of the truth. That again and again and again, God is faithful. Again and again and again, we are changed. And this is the sign of the covenant between God and all flesh.
a bow that has been turned around, a broken light that has been made beautiful in its brokenness, more beautiful even than it was in the sameness of the first light. Look to the skies and be reminded, God has not forgotten us. Amen.